is Awakened Path Radio, giving you the tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Green. Welcome to Thought Thursday here on Awakened Path Radio. For more information about Awakened Path Radio and show updates, courses, workshops, events, resources, and more, please visit www.awakenedpathonline.com. Again, that's www.awakenedpathonline.com. Now on to today's show. Today we have with us Ann-Kate Sullivan who is an award-winning and best-selling author focusing on mythology and folklore for the modern age. Dr. Sullivan obtained her bachelor's in honors at Hollins University, her master's and doctorate in literature from Columbia University in King's College, London. She currently lives in Virginia with her husband and a variety of pets, including a herd of horses. Her educational experiences, coupled by life, led her into the study and practice of what makes one whole. Obtaining, after obtaining her master's in spiritual psychology in 2006, she began offering private lessons. She also loves to take initiatives on vision quest to discover their inner grail or true nature. Welcome to our show today, Anne. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Now, would you tell us, I know in the introduction we talked about a little bit about your background, but could you tell us a little bit about your journey to doing the work that you do today? Well, people, you know, people often ask where this begins. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I have to say that, that for me, it began here in Virginia with my grandmother, they, uh, my family has a, a, a farm, a legacy farm that's been mm-hmm. in the family for a long time. And she used to tell me stories as she would stir her pot. She, would, she was making a soup or something and the steam would rise. And she would start to tell me stories of the Knights of Northumbria and mm-hmm. the, the brave men and women that came over uh, on the, sh- the, the ship. I found that later was called the safety and and um, the great pioneering spirit. So, so I would say when I was a little kid, my imagination really got stirred up. And so later on, um, I was fortunate enough to be given a uh, overseas research award to King, King's College London. And I got to go and I spent 11 years at that particular point in time uh, going through the, the British and Irish countryside uh, collecting folklore and grail legends. Mm, that is so interesting. Um, and it's such a, a, a wonderful experience just to be able to have, you know, to travel and to write as well. So that's great. Now you that have, is, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I just was saying, you know, sometimes I think 
sometimes when we're really supposed to do something, when it's mm -hmm. our truly our life purpose and mission, it, if you get on the right, the right path, it's like the red carpet rolls out, you know, because I've tried to do anything else that doesn't work, you know, <laughs> but mm -hmm. as long as I stay on that path, I really get the red carpet treatment. <laughs> mm. <laughs> now, um, you also, I'm just going to fix my mic a little bit. We're having problems. Okay, there we are. All right, you have um, a children's book series, uh, Sparkle. And it's and it's very it's very uh, unique, and uh, you know the t and what you offer. Could you just tell us a little bit about your children's series? Yes. Yeah, so so um, when my children were were growing up, I, mm -hmm. I wrote them all a, a series of stories, and um, usually I give it to them during the holidays. And one particular day. Uh, I had a friend named Velcro Ducre, and she was over in my daughter's uh, bedroom. She was, we were doing some interior design, and and I come into the room because she's sobbing her eyes out, you know. And I, oh, you know, I thought someone had died. I didn't know what had happened. You know, so I'm, <laughs> and she goes, "I just found your children's stories, and Aww. they're so beautiful. Can I illustrate them?" And and. Um, so we dug them all out and looked at them and, um, and the kids had done them with like little stick figures and so <laughs> forth, you know, <laughs> and, um, and so she, she did them with these beautiful illustrations and, uh, my kid, my kids who are, you know, now off in college were, were overjoyed because they said their, their friends really needed, really needed the series because the, the whole series is about a girl named Sarah, but she, she won't call herself Sarah. She calls herself Sparkle because she doesn't want her light to go out. You know, in that time, you know, it's around about eight or nine, 10 years old where it's been okay to believe in fairies and folktale. It's been okay to, to be different or, or colorful. Mm -hmm. And about that time, the kids start saying, Oh, you got to grow up. You know, this, this stuff is make-believe. And so it's about that time period where it, Oh, it's okay. Don't give up your wondrous child. Mm -hmm. Don't give up your sparkle. That's what it's about. And what a great message as well. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's society forces us or tries to pressure us. In, in other words, tries to pressure, pressure us to growing up, to get rid of our creativity, our imagination, our belief in the mystical and, and, and all of that. And then we become these boring adults <laughs> who work and, and have no imagination and are, un, are working to pay bills and are not really enjoying the full, are, are, really, are, are really living a one-dimensional life. And I wonder where that shifted, you know, like what, hmm. what period did that shift? Because in the old tradition of the bards that I was studying in, in England and Ireland, you know, to be a bard at that point, and this is, you know, we're talking about thousands of years ago up until about well I guess there still are bards but now yes. we have internet but anyway for this you know if you were really a bard you would know 250 stories of your people mm -hmm. whoever your people would be you would know your world mythology right or, right. The, or the mythology right. of your region and you would know the old the story of the old woman of the world you know and you would if you were in crisis you would go to her you know you would find her in her cave or her cavern and you would talk to the old woman of the world who would stir her pot with with all the seeds of life inside of it and she she might cackle or smile or she might grimace you never know how she will appear but you would you would have these inner allies and 
inner friends mm -hmm. that would be with you for your whole life. Mm -hmm. You know, diff difficult things happen. We have inner allies. They're real. That is so true. And, and there's nothing wrong with believing in it because it's true. If we, if we allow ourselves to stop adulting, you know, for lack of mm. a, a better word, and actually embrace who we truly are at our core, I mean, it, imagine the possibilities. You know, imagine what we will see. We will see the, the gnomes and the fairies and we will see, you know, we will have communications with our guides and spiritual um, allies and, and things like that. But when we cut it off, we, we become dismal and it's very sad. I think we, what happens is we become disempowered and mm -hmm. who knows, maybe, maybe there was an agenda behind that. I don't know. Right. But I, I do know if we get in touch with our inner creativity that we can really do anything. We could heal this world. Mm -hmm. you know? it, it's limitless possibilities. Mm -hmm. Now um, you uh, have, have a work, a, a collection called legends of the grail. You mentioned about uh, your travels and about, you know, studying the grail and stuff like that. Um, could you give us a little information about um, your collection, Legends of the Grail? So Legends of the Grail ha is a three-part three series. Um, mm. There are two books out right now. The first is uh, Stories of Celtic Goddesses, mm. and they're mostly goddesses from Ireland. And the second one is called Heroines of Avalon and Other Tales, and those are mostly British heroines and goddesses. Yes. And you, you mentioned uh, goddesses, or you have goddesses in your work. So what, what significant role uh, do goddesses play in, your, in the pieces that you've written? So this is, this is a, a, a fun story. When, when I was at, at King's College London, you know, we talk about adulting and, and going dry and so forth. I was, I was doing some lecturing and working as an editor, and my magic was starting to dim and I was starting to feel a little depressed and, and I thought, well, you know, I don't have any reason to be depressed really. It's just, but I, but I wanted to find the feminine face of the divine. Mm. And, um, and so I'd heard about this place called Glastonbury, which was in Somerset, Southwestern mm. England, and that there was a famous well there. And I decided to make a pilgrimage there. And I went a few, a few times, but I think maybe it was the third time I went, I was sitting and I was really asking to, to feel something or see something or have an insight. And if you have to, this, this place is really lovely. It was, it was put together by a guy named Tudor Pole after mm -hmm. World War II. He had a vision of this particular sacred park and there's a, there's a well. And some people say that the priestesses of Avalon, the priestesses of these, these, um, this area mm -hmm. called the Glass were sometimes dropped into this well and they would come back out as magical beings and so there are all kinds of stories about it they also say that the first church was built just near there too by joseph of arimathea so it's it's very potent it's sort of the jerusalem of, of britain and so i'm sitting by this well and you know i'm sure if anybody was looking at me they thought i was in meditation but something else was going on inside and i was really beginning to feel the presence of the divine mother it was very strong and i could feel i could smell roses i felt so much love just incredible amount of love and that was sort of my first mystical experience with the divine feminine and you can call her goddess or mother or, or anything but that was the first time i began to feel that and go oh my goodness i really do have an ally i suppose we all do if we make the time 
to really listen and feel mm-hmm. and allow her to come to us. That is so true. We get, we get stuck up in the uh, material world <clears throat> and we forget to pay attention to the natural world that surrounds us. You know, the old phrase, stop and smell the roses. Well, it's more than just that. And, I mean, and it is a correct phrase. It, what it's telling us to do is just take a moment. Take a moment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it just be. And when we don't do that, we, we, because, because our nature is to connect with nature we d- and because society tells us that that's crazy and we're nobody if we don't work we often get confused and we go about the business of of uh work 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 and you head down into the you know head down and and working and not looking at what we are supposed to not embracing the world around us that's when we end up miserable and we don't know why we give the, all these, we give it so many names. This is why I'm miserable. I have this disease. I have this, I have this symptom. And really if we, if we just stopped and embrace nature and just be, mm-hmm. it could be possible. We'll see that our, you know, um, ideas for, of a depression, for example, will go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we're disconnected, when we're disconnected from the natural world, we really, we really can go into despair. In in the Celtic tradition, they call it entering the wasteland. Mm. So, so, and that's and that's where in the in these tales you begin to find some of the goddesses. And I, I, I when I did my doctorate, I was told that if I studied the work of Lady Gregory, I would get a, a full ride. So of course I said yes without really knowing what I was getting into. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was marvelous. She was the patron of a very famous poet named W.B. Yeats. Mm. Um, and she lived in Western Ireland. And she, she was Anglo-Irish, but she really believed in Ireland um, and the, the language. She loved the Gaelic language. Mm. And so she was actually one of the people responsible for bringing Irish back into the schools. And um, if you go now, if you go to Ireland now, you'll see you'll see that most of the signs are in Gaelic and English. So she she was a nationalist, um, and she started the Abbey Theatre and put on the plays of of the um, so regional plays. Now you know before 1917, if you did this sort of thing, you'd be killed. They were there was a there was a movement for a long time to wipe out the Irish stories, this, you know, the Gaelic culture. So, so she, she was really interested in bringing it back. And in, in going th- through her, her work, I, uh, she, she would get a pony and trap and this is early 1900s. She would go through the, through the countryside and she would collect the tales of the area mm. and the people loved her and trusted her and they would tell her the stories of the fairies and the mm. leprechauns and yeah. these goddesses and so forth. So, so I was, I got to go to some of these places and, and, you know, sit by these old turlaws, which are seasonal lakes and, mm-hmm. and sort of sit there and imagine, and go, I can really imagine fairies here, you know, <laughs> I can mm-hmm. understand how, how WB Yeats would write about this. And, and then I started to realize that in that landscape, and I think it's true everywhere, but particularly there, it's easy to tap into that there are goddesses that are connected to different hills or valleys or springs. And so I started learning their stories. 
and they were fabulous. And in the um, Celtic tradition, a, a man cannot rule as a king or a hero or a leader unless his woman deems it so. She has to say, yes, mm. you're worthy to be the leader. Otherwise, forget it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, a man in battle is one thing, but a man and his woman in battle, forget it. You might as well go home. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the um, the equality that I found in, in that in those stories, mm. and um, and there's really some great ones like uh, in this Legends of the Grail stories of Celtic goddesses. There's one a Scottish. This is a Scottish goddess, but in Cahulin uh, is is the hero one of the heroes, and he mm. he wants to become. He wants to become a, a great, like the Ireland's greatest hero. Mm -hmm. And so he wants to marry this woman, Emer. And she's, and her father says, well, look, you know, the only way this is going to happen, you can only marry the beauty of the land if you, if you go to Skyach. And so mm -hmm. he has to cross this, the, he has to get in his boat, his Curragh, and he has to go to the Isle of Skye. And then there's this, there's a huge, um, there's a bucking bridge and then there's a gap and he has to jump 22 feet across this, this uh, ravine in order to get to, to Skyach, who's standing there with a the dagger waiting for him. And <laughs> she's reading his future. Is, does he have what it takes? Is he going to make, you know, is he, am I going to give him my magic? And that's what's so lovely with these goddesses because if they deem the hero worthy then they take off running and they show they show the hero the natural world they show them how the air works you know how the magic of the water the watery places they show them how the earth lives and thrives and um, they're, they're lovely tales that's beautiful now um your stories your stories have been said to heal the reader as they read them um for example, you have a book, A Story of Becoming. Now, how do you accomplish healing the reader as they read them? Well, The Story of Becoming is an interesting one, and I, I wrote it just as a whim for my kids. Um, mm. And that's actually become my, my best-selling book. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, I think there have been 250,000 downloads and nice. it's, it's done incredibly well. Um, and it's, I think it's won, it's won 18 literary awards now, which is Fantastic. pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but it, and it hasn't, it wasn't picked up as a children's book, even though I published it that way. It was picked up as a, as a fairy tale for all mm -hmm. ages. And that was the book that Belle was holding when she was really crying you know she was she was really talking about this mm -hmm. and uh, several women got together um and started talking about it because um they had been well you know we're in the me too movement now people mm -hmm. are starting to share about all the things that have happened to them you mm -hmm. know in this in this world and so the story is about a, a tree and she doesn't know who she is. She's this little seed. And then, you know, the rains come and she, she starts to grow and she's curious. And there are all, all these other plants. And one day she, there's a puddle in front of her and she can see that she's this little sapling and she's very excited. And, and then the deer come and they look at her and she goes, look, I'm so beautiful and balanced and lovely. And they eat her, you know, oh. so. <laughs> so there she is again. 
like, okay, I'm gonna try again here. And and she she has to go. And and I think this is where the healing starts to come because you realize when something happens to you, you have to go deep inside your your own mm. your own true nature and find mm. your inner resources again, mm. find your balance and your harmony again, give yourself time, and then you can give yourself expression again. So the tree, the next the next spring, the tree comes and now she's got apples and she grows and she's got mm. these beautiful red apples. And over the years, people come and they pick her red apples and she's very happy. Mm. And then one oh, no. night there's a terrible storm and the lightning's going and the thunder and then oh she's struck by lightning and she wow. she rises up behind her tree and she can see this terrible scar through her trunk and she thinks that it's all over that she's gone and but in the morning when the sun rises she's still there she has a scar but she's still there mm. but there's one difference her apples aren't red anymore they're golden oh my <laughs> now and now she has miracle apples, and when people come to to uh, pick her apples, they their wishes and their dreams come true. And then people start talking about the tree and that there's this miracle tree, and their wishes and dreams come true. And the local establishment doesn't like this because miracles are rubbish, right? So they they <laughs> dig up the tree. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I was right? just feeling good. <laughs> I know. And they take her off to an institution, and oh, they. No. Her. and they pick off all of her apples and her leaves and they say nope she's just a regular old apple tree just like every other and they throw her out but she uh -huh. has one little dried up golden apple so she makes a wish for herself that someone someone who has has been helped by her in the past mm -hmm. will hear her prayer and will come and collect her and so people start coming and they find her they find her and they put her in their truck and they take her back to her meadow that has cried so much that it's turned into a lake and they plant oh. her by the edge of this lake oh. and her wishes continue to to spread with her baby apple trees so if you're ever lucky enough to find your way to the miracle tree just get down on your knees and make the greatest wish that lives mm. in your heart because the miracle tree is listening. That is a beautiful story. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I felt emotional, you know, going through her getting, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, the deer eating her and all. Oh my goodness. That's a beautiful story. Now, um, I mean, we could talk all day, but unfortunately we don't have all day. So um, do you have any like words of wisdom that you would like to bestow upon our listening audience today? Well, just something very simple. I think whatever, wherever you are in, in your life, mm. never give up your wondrous child. Mm. Never give up your inner sparkle. That if you keep asking questions and you stay curious and you draw and you forgive people mm. and just drop, you know, whatever's happened in the past, just let it fall away mm -hmm. like a cloak. Mm -hmm. leave it like a suitcase forgive it because yeah. you free yourself and just invite in your wondrous child and keep going because this is a, we live on a marvelous planet a really yeah. beautiful planet and if we can just put our feet in the soil mm -hmm. and find ourselves right here and now my goodness this whole place can transform and we can with it that is beautiful and you know i've heard somewhere that I probably read it some millions of times that we should look upon the world as with childlike wonder 
Um, mm. I mean, children are great at forgiving. They're great at imagination. So when we become adults, we lose it. Now, do you have any upcoming projects? I know you're always writing um, <laughs> books or anything that you would like to, to tell us about. Uh, there's a third book in this series that will be coming soon. And there's another book in the Sparkle series coming soon. Um, and I sometimes um, take people on quests. I'm getting ready for the quests in 2020 now wow. for, people, for people interested in a heroine's quest um, in Ireland. Probably the next one will be in the UK. Um, and then I work with some writers and um, other people. Who, who were working on, especially people with spiritual stories. I'm, I'm mostly interested in people who are waking up mm. and, um, and on, on their own quest. So I do that. And I, I own a publishing company too. So I'm, I'm very picky, but occasionally we'll take people if they have a wonderful spiritual book. Right. So, yes. Awesome. so i mean you do so many things and i mean i mean right i know my head is exploding with all the ideas that you've you're talking about today and i imagine our listeners are too so how would we get in touch with you or to learn more about the work that you do your quest by your books etc uh my my i'm easy to find my first name is spelled a y n and so usually if you just Google AYN, I'll pop up. But my website is AnnKateSullivan.com. So A-Y-N-C-A-T-E-S-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N. So AnnKateSullivan.com. And you can see my books. I've got, I think there are 12 books on the, on the site there. And you can listen to audios. There are loads of stories and audios you can listen to. Um, you can see, um, you can sign up for my newsletter. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that keeps you updated on the, on the quests and different things that are happening. Sometimes I'm, I do workshops and things too. And so that's the way to keep updated. Or, or you can go to my events page page also and I love feedback I love it when people read a book and they go oh I love the story of Kayser and you know whatever I just uh, (laughs) I love hearing from people so thank you fantastic and we'll have that website in the um, write-up about the show so in case people haven't written it down it'll also be in the show link so Anne it was such a pleasure having you on today's show you're very inspirational and just keep doing the great work that you're doing the planet needs it Thank you. Thank you. And you too. You too. It was great to team up. Yes. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Awakened Path Radio. Please check us out at www.awakenedpathonline.com. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Green, and you are listening to Awakened Path Radio, giving you tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. Namaste and blessed day.